this, these things are, are making a difference, but change is happening even if you don't see it. And mm-hmm. that compound, as you said, those little small things that you do over time, that is how change happens. And so I think that goes for small things and it goes for big things, you know? And I think when we see people that we look up to and we see all these amazing things they're doing and we think, wow, they're better than me. How do they do that? Like, you know, they must be gifted. Like they started where you're started, where you, where you're starting now for the most part. Like, of course, some people may have had something handed to them and they got, you know, a lucky break or whatever. But for the most part, that's brick by brick, you know? And, and I know that because I see people that are killing it and I know where they started. I saw them in the beginning and it was not clear and it was not easy. And, you know, they just kept going, kept going. And those little small steps, you know, are so important because the truth is you don't know what's possible until you're doing it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's the Bearded Man podcast with your favorite, the world's favorite bearded man, Bob Bay. Each week with our guest episodes, I try to put the spotlight on an expert who can help us reach our inner potential. Our guest today is an author, keynote speaker, creator, and entrepreneur. He's the author of number one New York Times bestselling book, What Do You Want to Do Before You Die? He was a star on MTV's show, The Buried Life. He was recently ranked third best motivational speaker in the world by Global Gurus. He's the founder of The Bucket List Journal, a journal to help you turn your dream into reality. And for all the OG Bearded Man followers, he was episode 141 of Purpose in the Youth podcast, which came out August 7th of 2019, back again today on the podcast. Ben Empton, baby. How are we doing? Bringing it back. Here we go. Round two. It's a rematch. (laughs) A lot has changed in these last couple of years, man. And I'm, uh, I'm very excited to do like a little bit of a recap podcast today with you and just drop into some really good stuff. Awesome. Yeah. It's great to be back and to see you thriving. It's amazing. So I'm happy to it's be great. back here. It's great. Fast forward three years later than now, like live in a part of Venice where I can see, I can live, I live in a part of Valley where I can naturally just run into you yeah. when I'm out and about. And I, I, I know I'm in the right place because of things just naturally happening like that. So that's what I love most about living specifically on the West side of LA now. Agreed. Agreed. So the t- the timing of this podcast couldn't have been more uh, couldn't have been better because I had hit you up I think about two months ago to to get you back on the show. Um, obviously, when I think of Ben Nimpton, I just think of not only the buried life and growing up nostalgically watching that as a kid, but I think of somebody who just purely represents how to achieve dreams, how to cross off bucket list items. Fast forward, I don't realize that we're going to record this podcast just two weeks, not even nine days after I cross off a mac- massive bucket list of mine, which was to run the Boston Marathon, which coincidentally I realized today was a bucket list on your guys' 100, which was number 84. So that got me even more fired up about today's conversation. But what what do you think is that first step? And I think you call the impossible possible. Uh, how do people actually make these dreams, these goals become their reality? What's the first step in actually making this happen? Well, I think we think that it's 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 a lot more daunting than it actually is. And that fear stops a lot of us, you know, the fear of, will I fail? The fear of what other people think. And so I think it's really important to start very small, almost as small as you can think. What's the easiest first step that you can take? Because usually with these 
bucket list items, these personal goals, these passions, you know, you can call them many different things, but typically my definition of a bucket list is anything that's going to bring you joy and happiness and, and fulfillment. So anything that's going to allow you to be your true self or bring you closer to your true self. So instead of doing things for other people, you're doing them for you. And so that's what your list represents is anything that brings you that sense of fulfillment and brings you back to your true self. And so the first step is first figuring out what those things are, because a lot of times subconsciously we're living for other people or we're living the life that we think we should live because we see it portrayed around us or in the media, or we see different things celebrated as successes. And so we follow this path that we think we should be doing. We don't realize that we're, Hey, is this really what I want? So the first step is just taking some time to think about what's important to you and then writing it down. You know, I think it's important to write your goals down because you're taking something that doesn't exist. It's a thought, it's an idea. And all of a sudden you write it down and it's real. And it seems small, but you're about 40% more likely to achieve your goal if you write it down because you start to create accountability around mm. these goals by making them real. Because you have a reminder they exist. It's a small step of accountability, but it does help. And now as you get buried by the day-to-day and you forget about these things, which inevitably happens, your list is your reminder And it points Mm. you in the direction that you know you want to go. And so it's a very small step, but it's an important one because one, when you write your list, it forces you to slow down and think about what's important. Mm. And most of the time we're so caught up in the day to day that we just don't do that. We don't take that time. And we realize too late that we've been living the life we thought we wanted, but wasn't actually the life we wanted. And so that's called your ought self versus your ideal self. And the ideal self is what you're going for. And, and, and we can talk about this later, but that ends up being the sort of biggest basket of regrets you have at the end of your life is, is living the life you thought you should live, not the one that you truly wanted. Mm. Do you think uh, most people live the life they thought they wanted to live because it's a script. It's, it's a formation of what society and the opinions of other people around them are telling them they should do. I think that's part of it. I think the biggest thing is though that stops people is fear. And this is through research uh, out of Cornell. And it's also um, in a couple other pieces of writing like Daniel Pink's new book, but it's basically fear of what other people think or fear of failure is the, is the biggest thing that stops us from going after that thing. You know, mm-hmm. what's the, What's this? What are, what are, what are my friends going to think if I fail? Um, what does it mean if I fail? Um, and so, what that typically means is that we don't talk about these goals, and that means that no one can help us. We're just on our own. Mm-hmm. And so, for us, you know, we were young, dumb, and broke enough just to go for it and run it, and just tell everyone that would listen or not listen what we were trying to achieve. And people stepped up in the most unexpected ways to help us. You know, we didn't expect people to care about our list, but they really wanted us to achieve all of our list items. And they also wanted us to help other people achieve their list items. So I was always surprised how people stepped up and continue to step up, you know, when I share my goals with people. And so you have to move through that fear 
And, you know, we know that, you know, hanging out with the yesterday guys enough that this discomfort, this fear, it doesn't go away. You never conquer the fear. What you do is you become comfortable with being uncomfortable and you become comfortable with being vulnerable because you know that you're growing and you're pushing yourself. And at the very least, you're going to learn something. By you, you know, training for the marathon and running the marathon, even if you don't hit the time that you wanted, even if you don't hit the place that you wanted, even if you didn't finish, you're still going to grow from that because of the experience of pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone. And so understanding that the fear doesn't go away, you know, like we see people that we look up to and we think, wow, they must not feel that fear or, you know, they don't get nervous stepping up on stage or, you know, they, they don't, they, they don't feel these, these fears that I feel. Well, they do. They just know that those are taxes you have to pay to achieve your goals. Like you just have to pay that tax to do anything that you truly want that is great because it's inherent in the pursuit. And so knowing that you're like, okay, I know I'm going to feel that fear. I know I'm never going to feel ready to do this. I know I'm never going to feel inspired to do this. So I'm going to have to create my own inspiration by taking action. I'm literally going to have to force inspiration by through movement and just take these small steps towards my goal so that I can create my own inspiration. Cause as you know, like once you start to move forward, then you start to feel inspired because you start to see things happen. You, it doesn't just hit you. And so you start to move towards this, this goal, even if you don't know how you're going to achieve it. Right. But you just sort of take one step in front of the other. And I think it all comes back to writing it down because that forces you to slow down. And then you start to take that one little step and then starting to talk about your goals. You know, you talk about them with authenticity and into people that you think might be able to help you. And you start to break down these, these larger goals into smaller goals and build accountability around them, you know, because when you share them, you feel accountable to the people you shared them with. Um, and so if I tell you I'm going to write a book this year and you come up to me six months later, and you're like, how's the book coming? I'm thinking I better start writing that book, <laughs> you know? So that's, that's how, that's how accountability works is you, you, other people, this fear that stops you can actually move you forward. So this fear of what other people think, um, you can use that to your advantage if you share what you want, because you're like, Oh shit. Bobby thinks I'm writing a book. I better start writing it. <laughs> it's putting weight on your shoulders. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting with the, with the fear aspect of once you, and I think too, once you overcome that first hurdle of uh, you ha- you're fearful for something, you work towards it, you accomplishment, accomplish it. It then becomes just a style of living where, you know, you're going to feel resistance every time you work towards a new goal, but you've been here before, you know, this feeling, there's this trusted belief that I'm going to find a way to get to what I want. And it's that, you know, that even just thinking marathon recently, like it's just a longer goal that I have to train and work towards. But I've seen this on a small scale and a large scale for everything I've ever worked towards. And now it's just that constant, like putting myself in that discomfort, putting, making those small micro steps every single day. That's going to get me to where I want to be. And you slowly, but surely you start to see the results as, as someone who's been living in, I would argue, you know, discomfort for the last 10 years of not only bury life bucket list items, then turning into your own career. What's, what's a recent fear that you've had overcome 
you're you are so your mind at this point has to be so used to living in fear or like when you feel that resistance you're immediately going to walk towards it especially with the amount of speaking you do on stage and what's something recently you've had to overcome i have been wanting to put out this bucket list journal for about four or five years and i haven't mm-hmm. done it because um in part i think because of the fear of I haven't put out a book on my own, a product that I really feel like embodies the things that I've been talking about for the last, you know, four or five years. Um, and I think that for me, there's a lot of, like, I want it to be perfect. You know, I want it to be really, really valuable. And, and so there's that fear of what are people going to think of it? You know, what, what if it's not as good as I think it is? And, and, and so, that's something that I, I, I think subconsciously was holding me back because there's all these things that were really, really working and I knew I was good at and I could continue to do those things, but I would have to risk something to focus on this and, and put this put this out. And so that was a was was a fear that I had to face. And um, and I think, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that I did because it's, I don't think that there's, the problem with speaking is I speak to, you know, a hundred times a year, but, but like you can't come to my speaking engagements because they're for companies and their sales teams or their mm-hmm. leadership or their, you know, it's, they're not public events. And so I really wanted something that took all the things that I speak about and put them into an, like an actionable tool, like tool for mm-hmm. people to use. And I think that one of my big focuses is reframing what a bucket list is, because I think, or at least when I used to think about a bucket list, I thought adventure travel, right? I thought skydive, travel to Europe, you know, anything in that adventure and travel space. And I started to realize that if a bucket list is going to reflect your true self, it should reflect all aspects of your life. And, and adventure and travel is one of 10 categories of your life. So there's also, what are your mental health goals? What are your physical health goals? What are your relationship goals, right? You have to invest in the relationships that you want to deepen. What are your professional goals? What are your financial goals? Material, creativity, like what are your creative goals? Uh, Intellectual, what do you want to learn? How do you want to give back? So the journal basically breaks your list down instead of thinking like, okay, it's overwhelming to think, what are all the things I want to do in my life? Say, no, write your list one category at a time, right? Mm. And so you start to build this well-rounded list. And, you know, when you think about the top five regrets of the dying, they're not, uh, they don't really have anything to do with money. In fact, one of the the top five regrets is I wish I would have worked less. (laughs) You know, it's I wish I would have worked less. I wish I would have stayed in contact with old friends, which is why um, the relationship category is in, the journal. I wish I would have lived for me, not what I thought others expected of me. I wish I'd had the courage to tell people how I really felt. Wow. And I wish I would have let myself be happier. Hmm. So that's what we're trying to reverse engineer (laughs) is, is not having those regrets at the end of our life. That's why I like to think about death as much as I can, because that put that, puts your, 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 your limited time in, into perspective. Like we think we have all this time. We think we have all the time in the world that we can, pers- we can do that. We can write the book. 
a little bit later. We can take the trip next year. And we forget that our time here is so short. And we see, you know, I remember like I see old people walking down the street and, and you know, in their 90s and they're, 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 they're hunched over and shuffling along. I don't even think about it. But there's very few guarantees in life except for the fact that you will get old and you will die. And unless Elon Musk figures out a way for us to all to go to Mars and live forever <laughs> in a pod and just, you know, drive Tesla space vehicles around, like you're going to die. And this urgency is lost because the day-to-day just sort of, we get into this pattern. And so I, I, I think it's important to, to like think about your 90-year-old self as much as you can. And if you're at a, at a juncture and you're trying to decide, is this important to me? Like, am I, is this something that I want to do? Or is this something that I just want to do because I feel like I should do it or other people want? Don't ask yourself, ask your 90 year old self. Will I, will I regret not doing this on my deathbed? Um, And that's a good way to check yourself to make sure that you're on your true course because you know as you know you know we talked about this on the last podcast the buried life is from a poem written 150 years ago which talks about this human condition that we all have which is that the day-to-day buries what we really want to do and we have moments when we're inspired but life gets in the way so that was in 1852 that he talked about this so this has been happening for hundreds of years and we have these moments sometimes where we're shaken into per, in, in, and we're, we're, we wake up and you hear about this all the time. Like it's trauma. My, my, yeah. my partner died. My dad died. I had a near death experience and everything changed. What, everything I thought was important shifted. How can we have that shift without going through that traumatic experience, you know? And I don't know the answer to it, but the only thing I can think of is being close to death as, as much as we can, remembering that we're not going to be here forever and living in with, with, with that in mind so that we're, we're, we're basically trying to not have that regret of, I wish I would have lived for me, right? Mm. Yeah, I'm constantly reminding myself of that question of like, is my future, if I'm on my deathbed, is this something I'm going to be happy that I pursued or that I passed on? And that ultimately will be the biggest shift for me of like, if I should do something or not. Also recently seeing two friends of mine, one go through um, brain cancer and having a massive surgery for that. And one having a life-threatening ski accident all within the last like three months of seeing this happen. Like, yeah, it's not me in their bodies, but like, that's the realization to me. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm very... I'm already somebody who very much is thinking like constantly of like, I'm going to die someday. I want to make the best of my life. I want to do great things. I want to help people. But seeing those moments, it really puts everything into perspective of like, this shit is fragile. Like there's only so many things I can control and I can't control the, my friend who has dealt the card with brain cancer, the uh, friend that got into the ski accident. Like these are things that like you just wake up and you don't expect to happen that day. And they just fucking happen. Uh-huh. Um, but what I love about, and, and, when I, I, I'm, I'm for sure one of those people that when I hear bucket list items, that's exactly what I would think and hear adventure, skydiving, traveling, like bucket list. That's what it has to be. But I love that that's the intent of this book is like, 
not only is it those, that's one tenth of yeah. the categories. There's these nine other categories. And I'm curious, like how, how do you personally balance which items to be working on and when, right? So like if you have these 10 separate categories, which I love travel, giving, adventure, material, financial, creative, professional relationships, health and mental health, it can be overwhelming of like, well, when do I work on the mental health? Well, when do I work on the professional? When do I work on the material? How do you balance when to put energy into certain buckets of your life? I think that is a, there's no silver bullet for that. The only thing that I can say has helped or, and even I'm not even that good at it because I, I seem to get so busy that I do get swept up, but I, but I do try and um, I, I think about what is going to give me energy. Like what, what is the thing that is going to make me feel most alive? Uh, and, and another way of saying that, the most like myself, the, 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 the best version of, of myself. Cause I think that there's so many things that pull you away from that. These, it just, I, and the more and more I, 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 I'm here, I feel like that's the goal is just become more yourself, <laughs> you know? And it seems so simple, but it's so hard because 76% of people don't do that. They, 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 they live a, a life that they, realize is not the one they wanted. So it's a huge problem. And so I try and look at like the feeling I get or the energy that I get from certain things that allow me to feel the most like my true self. And sometimes that comes in many different forms. Sometimes that means taking a break, you know, sometimes that means getting more sleep that that means taking time to hang out with friends. Sometimes that means changing my relationships because some relationships that I'm in are not encouraging me to be that. Sometimes there's relationships that draw energy from you. Mm. And the, the biggest thing I've, I've ever done in my life is, is trying to only surround myself with people that inspire me, i.e. give me energy, encourage me to be that best version of myself. So that's kind of one of the things I try and look at is, is like, what am I most excited about? You know, what, what is really going to make me feel like getting up in the morning and, and, and doing it. And, Mm. and sometimes you just don't feel like anything's going to do that. Sometimes you're just struggling. And, and I think that it's, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the fact that, that more people today are struggling than ever before. You know, more people are feeling anxious, more people are feeling depressed than, probably in history and due to the pandemic and due to this, the, just everything that's happening in the world, that this is uh, something that we all need to understand is going to be the biggest epidemic we face moving forward is the mental health crisis. And so, you know, as younger ish people, um, it's important that we do our, part by helping break the stigma around mental health by talking about it by encouraging people to talk about what they're going through to normalize the conversation so that they don't feel alone that no one feels alone because they're not because the truth is everybody struggles that's just human is you as a human that's what happens you have ups and downs and so you know I'm, i'm 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 talking about these goals and i'm talking about pursuing you know sometimes big goals and 
whatever that might be. But the reality is sometimes you don't feel like you can get out of bed in the morning. Mm. And it's hard to think about going after your goals if you don't feel like you can get out of bed in the morning. And that is uh, a hard place to be. But it also is a is a place that a lot of people are at. And, and that is, if that's where you are, that's exactly where you need to be. And, and so, you know, what, what, what you, your next step is to talk about it, find someone that you can share with a therapist, a loved one, and start to get these things that are running around your head out so that someone can help make sense of them, work you through them. Um, by talking about it, you're able to work through them. They become less scary when they're, when you're, when they're out there in, in, in the world versus just in your head. Like we, you know, we, we, these, these, these worries are so daunting, but when we talk about it, sometimes they're less daunting. And so, you know, I just wanted to mention that because I, I don't want people to feel like if they're in a space where they can't even think about going after their goals because they're stuck. I've been there. I've struggled with depression many different times. Um, what I will say is that every time I go through any type of struggle, I learn things about myself and I'm able to build empathy for other people. And I'm able to then navigate future challenges even more. And I, and I feel like that's all part of my full journey. So, you know, you always hear like, Oh, you know, you'll come out the other side and you'll be better for it. And, you know, this will be, you know, there'll, there'll be some benefits. And, and in that moment, you don't feel like there's any, you're like, fuck you, you know, like <laughs> there's no benefits, yeah. but there really is when you get through it, just know that you'll get through it and you'll have, you'll have really learned ab- about yourself. Yeah. That's a great point. I, I just got a DM two days ago from somebody that had just very authentically opened up and just said, I do not feel motivated when I wake up. I just w- don't want to get out of bed and that becomes a really interesting conversation because like you're saying your dreams and re- your dreams and these things you're working towards, it doesn't actually matter at all because you can't even find the internal ability to just want to move, to get up, to have breakfast, to go for a mm-hmm. walk. Is there any, any things that you have done daily or you've done in the past that allow you to, I'm so such a big advocate for like, you got to prime yourself before you do anything else, before you step into the world, like, there's those things that you got to cross off every single day that help you feel your best self. Are there any habits mm-hmm. or routines that allow you to operate at your highest potential? I would say. Yeah. Um, it sounds like I probably teed you up for this, which I didn't, but I, I actually <laughs> think that I, I have a, this, I call it a mental health toolkit and it, it literally habits that I've learned through going through, you know, the gutter basically um, mm-hmm. that I now know work for me. And so this, these like 10 or eight habits, um, we can put the the link in the show notes. I think it's yeah. the one link in my Instagram bio, which is at Ben Nempton. You can download the toolkit. These are, you know, habits that everyone knows are good for them, right? And they're all backed by research, but, you know, it's hard to put these habits and turn them into routines. And uh, there's different ways you can do that. And I do think that it's important to look at these habits as routines. And like, just like you wake up and brush your teeth in the morning, um, if you don't do that, you could start there, <laughs> you know, but like there's things that you are, are non-negotiable that you just kind of get into the habit of just doing right. Like, so for instance, I just made a decision that like, I, I, I kept putting off exercising and in, in the day and I'd say I do it later in the day and I just never did it. 
never found the time. The day just got away from me. And all of a sudden it's eight o'clock and I'm like, fuck, like I didn't go to the gym. I didn't exercise. Whatever. So I just decided like, look, I'm just going to do it every single morning and it doesn't need to be 60 minutes of exercise. Five. I'm just going to do push-ups till I can't do any more push-ups. <laughs> At least, like that's it. I'm just going to do. I'm going to roll out of bed and I'm just going to do put and and ideally I'll do push-ups, sit-ups, squats, you know, mm. or pull-ups and and just once until I can't do anymore. It'll take me five seven minutes. And so I just got in the routine of of just that. It, it's not it's not negotiable. Every morning. Just like I wake up and then I, I, I brush my teeth, I jump in the shower, I'm going to do my exercises. If I don't have much time, then I'll take 30, 40 seconds to do, you know, a plank or push-ups. So point is, now it's part of, now it's routine. And you don't think that this these things are, are making a difference, but change is happening even if you don't see it. And mm-hmm. that compounds, as you said, those little small things that you do over time, that is how change happens. And so I think that goes for small things and it goes for big things, you know? And I think when we see people that we look up to and we see all these amazing things they're doing and we think, wow, they're better than me. How do they do that? Like, you know, they must be gifted. Like they started where you're started, where you, where you're starting now for the most part. Like, of course, some people may have had something handed to them and they got, you know, a lucky break or whatever. But for the most part, that's brick by brick, you know? And, and I know that because I see people that are killing it and I know where they started. And I saw them in the beginning and it was not clear and it was not easy. And, you know, they just kept going, kept going. And those little small steps, you know, are so important because the truth is you don't know what's possible until you're doing it. Mm. So you don't actually know what you're capable of. So you can't even imagine or picture yourself there until you're physically there. Yeah. And that is so important because we block ourselves because we can't even imagine ourselves doing it, but you can't, you only know that it's possible once you've achieved it. And so after achieving some of these big things that I never thought were possible, that started to sink in. And I just realized, wow, I guess anything is possible. Like you you just really have to put in the work you know, and be patient, be authentic. And, uh, you know, and a number of other things, but the, the, that big idea of not really even being able to understand how you're going to do it is, is, is normal. And so, so anyhow, coming back to those routines, exercise is, is one of them. Um, um, meditation I, I love because it really helps me slow my mind down especially if I can't sleep, I'll meditate at night and it'll help me get back to sleep because sleep is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's going to be things that uh, I I love to do, like tennis. I fell in love with tennis over the pandemic, got into it through pop tennis and just, you know, I'm addicted. It's so much fun. I feel like, you know, totally in the moment. So, you know, tennis is one of those things that are in, is in my toolkit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, helping other people. Because you you get this, you you get so much when you help other people. Nature, just being out in nature makes you happier. You don't have to exercise or anything. It's called forest bathing in Japan. You just, doctors prescribe forest bathing to to patients in Japan that are anxious or depressed. Like you, you know, there's, 
there's chemicals that are released by plants and trees that increase your sense of well-being. Um, so the whole toolkit is is on my Instagram bio, and and I think that there's you want to try different things, see what works for you, and then make them non-negotiable, right? Like I uh, I like having athletic greens in the morning, which is a green drink. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not sponsored by them, but maybe <laughs> I should be because I talk about this them. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, so yeah, so I'll, I'll wake up. You know, I know you like making your bed. I like making the bed because that's like yeah. a keystone habit. Um, I, I, I'll, if I have more than 10 or 15 minutes, I'll stretch, you know? And, and, and what I found is like, I have different parts and I, I have ailments, right? I have a, uh, I've had a herniated disc for years and I've realized, oh, that comes from like, uh, it makes my hips really stiff. And so I found like two or three stretches that for my body are the most important. Mm-hmm. Like I know that these are areas that I am unusually tight in and they will cause injuries. So I focus on stretching some of those. I do my five to 10 minutes of exercise. Um, I jump in the shower. I have my athletic greens. I have my coffee. And uh, if I'm, if I'm lucky, I, I have time to, to meditate and then jump in the day. Or I just say, fucking just jump in the ocean and come back and I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> That'll definitely wake you up and get you going. Yeah, but what I'm hearing, and it's it's a philosophy that I live by, is you win the morning, you win the day. And it's not yeah. about what time you wake up. It's about, you know, like you were saying, you would find that it's 8 p.m. at night, you didn't get your fitness in, and now you're like, well, it's not going to happen. And, you know, that that adds up with time. But by you carving out the time to do it in the morning to cross off the fitness, the uh, healthy breakfast, the meditation, maybe the journaling, like you're priming yourself for the day ahead so that, you know, I think it's a trial and error for everybody. You have to find the habits that make you feel your best self. Maybe you're a runner. Maybe you like tennis. Maybe you like lifting weights. Maybe it's yoga. Not everyone is the, it's a not one size fits all, but when you carve out that space in the morning, you leave yourself no excuses, but to get the work done, which then obviously helps you feel better throughout the day. And then, you know, can kind of, uh, totally. Head in and the right direction. Exactly. And even just mentally just makes you feel good about yourself. Totally. You're like I already did it. I did the exercise. Great. Done. Yeah. Like, and that is, uh, that just sort of sets your whole day up for, for success. Yeah. You, you've mentioned, and you've, you've mentioned this on multiple podcasts, which I completely agree. It's, it's, the key that I've done in the last five years, which was being mindful of who I surround myself with, that's a, a major decision you made. I'm hearing right now a major decision you've made is prioritizing these habits to make you feel your best self. Mm-hmm. Are there maybe two to three other decisions you've made that you can think of that have had a ripple effect? Definitely uh, <clears throat> helping other people, you know, because that also, you don't just help them, you help the people around them and you help their their full circle, their family, their friends. And the idea that it it doesn't have to be a big give to create that ripple. And you may not see the full extent of that impact, but like a smile creates a ripple. Mm -hmm. Your energy creates a ripple. A compliment creates a ripple. Gratitude creates a ripple. Kindness. This is why they say kindness is contagious. It's because of the ripple effect. So you, you don't know how you're, compliment to the person walking down the street is going to affect the rest of their day. Not being, you know, too hyperbolic, but like that can change, that can save someone's life. Like that literally, you know, like if someone 
is having such a tough time. They're, they're thinking about the end and it's just a random person comes up and does something that just shakes them out of it and makes them feel like they have faith in humanity. You know, it's just, you just don't know. So mm-hmm. your actions have reactions and those reactions can be positive or those reactions can be negative. And you have the power to create positive ripples and those will come back. Those definitely will come back to you and you don't know how, and it's not the reason you should do it, but this, this whole, you know, it's, it's all just an energy exchange, you know? And so you're able to, to create that impact. And I think it's a cool idea because it's proof that you, that one person can create an incredible impact through this ripple effect. And you, you see it in, in, in real life ex- experiences through social media, right? That's a great example of the ripple effect. Something goes viral, boom. One yeah. person just fucking Post made this worldwide <laughs> ripple. Yeah. yeah. And so that that can really happen in, in, your, in a smaller scale in your day-to-day interactions. Um, and that's a, that's a powerful thought. It's good. Houston Kraft would be very happy with the kindness. Totally. The kindness king. The kindness Um, king. The kindness king. Quick break from today's episode, and then we'll get right back to it. Today's episode is brought to you by the greatest hydration brand in all the land, Liquid IV. Now, if you're listening or you're watching, I should say, I got my favorite flavors, tangerine. We got grape. We got watermelon. This product is an absolute game changer. I've been using it for the last four or five years. I use it every single day. It helps me feel hydrated. helps me feel good for my workouts. If I'm doing yoga, lifting weights, or going for a run, makes it feel fantastic when I'm about to jump into a podcast. When I'm going to write out the script of podcast episodes, helps me have a clear mind for thinking creatively. It really does help me in all aspects of my life, especially if I go out on the weekends and I kind of crank up the heat a little bit. This product can be an absolute game changer. I'm sure many of you have heard of Liquid IV. I'm not sure if any of you have tried it, but I hope this is the second that makes you want to try it, me talking about it. Uh, Liquid IV contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C, with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks made with premium ingredients, non-GMO free of gluten, dairy, and soy. This product is going to help you reach your potential. How do you reach your potential? By feeling the best version of yourself. In order to feel the best version of yourself, you need to not only feed yourself the right foods, but also fuel yourself with the right liquids. Water is fantastic. Adding liquid IV with it makes it even fantastic 2.0. Bet you didn't know that was possible. Head over to liquidiv.com. Use my promo code THEBEARDEMAN, all one word, to get you 25% off every single order. Once again, that's liquidiv.com. Use my promo code THEBEARDEMAN, all one word, 25% off every order. I recommend tangerine, watermelon, and grape. There's other flavors, so don't, you know, if you want to try something else, please do so. But I think it will help you guys and gals on your day-to-day life in whatever capacity that you may uh, need it. So head over to liquidiv.com. Use my promo code THEBEARDEMAN, the greatest hydration brand in the world. Now back to today's episode. Um, Another thing with when I think of like when we're working towards goals, right? There's this like expectation, emotional feeling that we're working towards, right? Uh, It might be like, we can't wait to get the car because it's going to just make us feel incredible. It could be crossing off the the bucket list item of the marathon. There's like this expectation of like the emotional part that comes with it. Mm -hmm. How have you managed expectations for your own bucket list items or things that you're working towards and not allowing yourself to 
delay gratification for these items, right? Once I get the house, I'm finally going to be happy. Once I have the six pack abs, I'm finally going to be happy. Like that's a big misconception because then it's like climbing the mountain. You get to one peak and then you're on to the next. How have you managed like these emotions as you're working towards uh, some of these goals that you have for yourself? Well, I think that as you move on in, in life, you start to, to realize that it, it, <laughs> that it just is not the destination. It, it, it really is the journey. And, and, and you start to see it, examples in your own life uh, that reinforce that. So for me, you know, I've had goals. I've had financial goals. I've had, you know, goals for hitting certain milestones. And I've gotten there and I'm already thinking about the next goal. And I'm like, dude, this was like your biggest dream. <laughs> and you're already thinking about the next thing. Why and do so we you, do this, Ben? Why do we do this? This is, this is just human nature. Cause there's always someone out there that's making more, that's doing more. That's, that's, that, that you see, we don't, we look up, we don't look down. We look up the ladder. We don't look down the ladder. And so I almost think it's good to have a reverse bucket list. That's why you want to write your list like in a journal or something that you keep or on a piece of paper because you want to come back to it and look at all the things that you've achieved to remind yourself of all your your accomplishments and mm-hmm. and and just make sure that you're not just you're not just pursuing the things that you want just for certain validation and and, and the wrong type of, of 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 reinforcement and so I think so. That's why I say celebrate the wins. You know, like you need to, if you achieve something, fucking celebrate, you know, <laughs> pop the champagne, do whatever you got to do, go up for dinner and enjoy that moment because you forget how much work you've put into something because you're already thinking about the next thing. And if we're not celebrating those victories, you know, what's the point? And if we're not in, in, in sort of enjoying the journey again, what's, what's the point? And so, you, you hear a lot from people that have um, achieved great success. They say, oh, well, I, I would do anything to go back to those early years. You know, I would do anything to get back to, you know, when it was just, I didn't know anything and it was all, you know, it all started to happen. And, and now it's just complicated and a lot of people involved and it got bigger than I can manage or whatever, you know? Yeah. And so, it's, uh, I think it's just coming back to that idea of like, am I, am I pursuing this thing for me or am I pursuing it for other people or what I think I should do? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and being kind and gracious with yourself along the way and, uh, knowing that you'll fail. And if you don't fail and you achieve it, fucking amazing. Let's, let's, let's take a moment to celebrate that. And uh, instead of just like thinking about the next thing. And yeah. so, yeah, I think that's important. Every time I jump on these podcasts before I jump in with a guest, I, I kind of say to myself in my mind, like, this is the moment. This is the moment you've been working towards your entire life. Like, it doesn't have to be two years from now. It doesn't have to be when there's a, a major studio and there's six camera operators. Like, this is it. Like if, if this is, this is what you need to focus on. This is the peak of your career right now, bearded man. So fucking enjoy it. And even that little heightness has made all the difference. And it doesn't matter the guests. It doesn't matter who I'm talking to. There's always going to be certain guests that stand out uh, internally for certain purposes more than others for a magnitude of different reasons. But I, I understand that 
every single person is a brick. This is one bit, one more brick to the wall that I'm building to the, to the growth of where I'm trying to go. And I think it's just made, uh, I, I did a podcast with somebody a couple weeks on that. And they, I think the similar quote was, uh, the journey is the destination. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. where we, yeah, we are in the day-to-day journey, but it doesn't have to be once you get there that you're finally, you know, you're finally happy. You can, you can find joy in it right now. There was a, there was a quote that I pulled from our first podcast. I listened to the whole thing and you said towards the end of the podcast, there comes a point where you have to learn to let go. And I just worry too much about stuff and let go is funny enough. The two words that I went into this year with letting go of expectations, letting go of narratives that I create in my mind, letting go of the situations outside of my control uh, and so forth. Three, almost three years later from the first podcast, have you been able to incorporate that mindset and perspective into your life? Hmm. Yeah, I think um, I think that I'm someone that that inherently worries about what other people think, uh, maybe more so than other people. And so that's I think what I was referring to is letting go. You know, it comes back to that fear, right? That 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 stops a lot of us. The fear of what other people think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it comes back to when I was in high school, no elementary school. When I was in elementary school, I came to school one day and all my friends ran away from me at recess. So they would do this thing where they would sort of ditch me during recess and kind of run away. And it, I don't know how long it lasted, maybe a couple of weeks or something, but if, like all of a sudden I just didn't have any friends. Like it was just like the leader of the group just decided like, let's run away from Ben. And I think from that, I was like, oh, okay, that was awful. I don't want that to happen again. If people like me, they won't run away from me. And so I need to people to like me. And I think maybe that's where this came from. And so I, I just cared a lot about what other people thought. And I think that's what contributed to my depression was like, I was so wound up about like being perfect and, you know, making like winning the championship for rugby, getting the academic scholarship, like being the cool guy, whatever, that it started to just like, those weren't things that, I really wanted to do, but I put so much pressure on myself to do them. And because I was just looking for that validation from other people. And that's a hard thing to shake. You know, that's something that, you know, when that happens to you so young, I think that a lot of our patterns are, they're solidified in our early ages. And it could be a trauma, like some sort of trauma that creates these patterns that you really have to kind of, work with therapist or, you know, do the personal work to sort of uh, reframe what those are. And so that's something I think that is a constant struggle, struggle for me, but I do, I think I'm getting better at them because at doing that by being honest with myself. I mean, I I keep talking about being true to yourself, but this is, I guess the theme of this podcast because I, I found that, um, when I have the, the confidence to be myself, you know, and I truly feel like I'm tapping into who I truly am, then I care less about what other people think. I just know that I'm the best version of myself and I'll be as unstoppable as I'm going to be, you know? And so that is a difficult place to get to, but it's the best place to try and get to because I think then then you're 
you're, you're, you're being the full expression of yourself. And I think then you live longer, you're happier, mm-hmm. you attract the, the be- better people. Mm. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I do like talking with all these people are, is, is really interesting because I, I talk with them after the keynotes and they come up, different people come up and talk to me and they either like talk about maybe their son, daughter is struggling with depression or maybe they want to share their, their list item or they, you know, but I can, before they even say anything, I can tell the people that I know what they're going to say. And, and, and they're going to say, this is how I live. And before they even say that, I, I know they're going to say that because I can see it in their faces. I can, I, I know what those type of people, the energy they put off, what they look like, how young they look, how vibrant they look, mm. their smile, their aura. And so I can spot that person before they tell me, and I know exactly what they're going to say. And, 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 that's, and that's what they say. They say, I, I, I've been living this way my whole life. I've tried to live this way. This is, this is exactly how I tried to live my life. And I say, I know, I can see it. Because when you, and this is how my parents are, like they, they, they're 75, they, they, they still inspire me because they act like teenagers. They travel around in a Westphalia bus. They play music around the world. You know, they never made a whole bunch of money, but they live this life that kept them youthful. And they didn't, for, they, they embody that youthful energy, that youthful spirit that we pound down from listening to other people tell us, no, can't do that. Can't do that. You know? And so that, that naivete, that youthful, you know, spirit is so important to keep. And, and when you're, when you're living that life, you know, I think that you ultimately, you, you live longer, (laughs) you live longer. Yeah. I never, when I think of the ripple effect, that was actually the title of our, of our first podcast. I never thought about the ripple effect of how living this lifestyle of constantly pursuing the discomfort, constantly doing the things we want to do, how that truly can impact the ripple of the rest of your life from a health perspective. Because mm-hmm. I do believe that I when, I when I meet certain people and you can feel it in them, like they are walking a different a, diff, a different beat to their own drum than, than the majority of people. And it's because of that. It's a different they, frequency. Yes. It's a, it's a vibrancy that you can feel and you're like, how old are you? You know, you're <laughs> like, bro, you're 71. Yeah. <laughs> and you can just, and I don't, you know, I think you can do all the different hacks and tricks and things, but I think that is the, the biggest piece of longevity is, is living for you and, um, and being that, that, that full expression of, of, of who you are. Yeah. I think you know this, but you are very much doing that. You, you're a little bit older than me, not by many years, but you are for sure walking that like high vibrant energy and hitting the best strides of his life right now. It's just constantly growing, but you're, you're having that ripple effect, Ben. it's, it's very clear. Like when I see you out and about, I, I can feel it in you. You have a very high frequency, which is, it's really an honor to, to have gotten to know you. Um, Before I get to the final question, I had one listener cue that I wanted to ask real quick. 
This is from Jordan. What's left on the list that you're most excited to do? I think there's nine items left on the original buried life list. Yeah. So there's actually, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's even cut down less than that. The, the biggest thing is go to space. I've gotten pretty excited about going to space the last year with all the new companies that are coming out, sending people to space or, or, you know, sort of democratizing commercial space flight. I actually spoke on a panel at South by Southwest. I had no business being on the panel, but I was moderating a panel about the democratization of space, commercial space flight. And so there's this company, uh, there's a number of different companies, but they're all uh, really allowing (laughs) non-billionaires to go to space. And so I would love to, excuse me, experience the overview effect, which is the feeling that astronauts describe when they look at the earth and they feel this perspective change, this united um, feeling with the earth and with mother nature. And, 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 and a lot of people talk about how this changes the way they, they interact with people and earth. And so, you know, talk about like trying to find those moments that shake you and give you the perspective Mm -hmm. that feels like a a better one than the trauma of, you know, losing someone. And, and so I think that would be really, really amazing. So I think that will happen in 2024. Uh, I'm talking with a couple of different companies and figuring out how we do that. And so that would be a great thing to, to accomplish and, and help someone else go to space that dreams of going to space. So Mm. that's the goal. I, I'm going to say this and I can't wait to pull this clip when this happens 2024, 2025. This is April 28th of 2022. As we speak, I feel like there's going to be a ripple effect because I just heard Amar talking about this on the Colin Samir podcast that that's like their big goal as well as to go to space someday. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like, and I know yesterday was a ripple effect of buried life. And I feel like there's a way to see that get rippled into space and could be, pushed in a lot of different ways so i just want to say if it happens and it's a berry life yesterday collab of them going to space you heard it here folks i called it so might happen um <laughs> final final five for you ben these are just one one sentence answers um question number one how can people learn to give themselves permission to follow their interests and their ideas i can do it in one one sentence or one word <laughs> One, one word or one sentence. Follow feelings, not your head. Follow That's your great. gut, not your head. It's great. Question number two. If you could go back and tell yourself one piece of advice at any point in your life, what would it be and when? At any point, people are not thinking about you as much, you, as, much as you think they are. <laughs> That's a fact. Question number three. What's an area of your life you need to put more effort into? Rest, quiet. Mm, me too. Uh, question number four. What's the first step anyone can take to reaching their inner potential? Stop and write it down. It's <laughs> great. Question number five. Somebody's listening to the last 52 minutes of this podcast. They wrap up listening to this podcast right now. What is one challenge you have for the listeners after they finish hearing this episode today? Write your list, pick the one thing on your list that you feel most excited about and share it with someone else and ask them to check in on you. Mm. 
find that accountability, accountability partner mm-hmm. that accountability partner ben this has uh been incredible to catch up with you man big 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 fan you truly represent uh you're just a you you are a living example for people to follow as as a permission to go do the thing they really want to do it's been incredible to not only watch you as a as a kid as i'm watching mtv you guys then fast forward get to meet you get to know you um just a big fan of everything you represent the energy you give out all the the messaging that you push through all the stuff that i've seen on youtube just from uh past speaking engagements and i'm really excited for this bucket list journal because I really think that when you do write something down, this is your accountability partner. You might you might be somebody listening and you don't feel like you have uh, that group of people that really inspires you, that makes you want to do great things. Well, this could be the place to go and do, which I think is just so exciting for people. Um, and what's really exciting for listeners, Ben has shared a discount code with me today that will get you free shipping direct to your door. Uh, so if you head over to bucketlistjournal.co, I'll have it linked up in the description below as well with the discount discount code which is live 22 all capital letters l-i-v-e 22 that'll be in the description of this episode that'll get it to your doorstep free of shipping and hopefully this will be your accountability partner to actually work towards the life that you want to live um if you have enjoyed today's episode ladies and gentlemen always the biggest thing is screenshot the episode posted your ig story tag ben he's at ben nempton b-e-n-n-e-m-t-i-n and tag me at bob a that's b-o three b's four a's and a y Share the podcast and your IG story. Let us know what was the biggest takeaway. How did this episode change your perspective? Maybe you're you want to be vulnerable enough to actually share out what that bucket list item is that you want to go towards. Post it to your story. All of your friends and followers are going to now know. So you're going to have to go work towards it. Um, and then linked up below of Ben's website where you can check out some more some more of his content. Is there anywhere else I should be sending uh, listeners after the episode, Ben? No, that sounds great. I do want to say it's been super awesome to be able to see you evolve over the past couple of years from the podcast that we did a couple of years ago to now and just to see your trajectory super proud of you and excited you. for i know this is just the beginning for you <laughs> so lots 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 to come so stay tuned listeners thank you man i i i mean that like generally means a lot because uh you've had a ripple effect on me and hopefully the path that i continue to go will have a ripple effect on those who's follow- that are following and listening along the way so i appreciate you man Awesome, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Bearded Man Podcast. See ya.